This episode of the Online Marketing Best Practices Podcast is brought to you by Simply Learn. Improve your career with Simply Learn's online training courses, live virtual classrooms, and self-paced learning modules. Join more than 500,000 professionals and start accelerating your career today by visiting simplylearn.com. Ever write an ad or promotion that your landing page can't cache? You can see what the top 10 pages are on your website, but should they have been the top 10 pages on your website? Google's solution to this problem, negative SEO and bad links coming into a site was the disavow tool. Welcome to the OMCP Online Marketing Best Practices Podcast, where top authors and industry leaders share authoritative best practices in online marketing. All right, welcome back to the OMCP studio, and with us today is Greg Jarbo, published author, columnist, speaker, instructor at Market Motive, instructor at Rutgers University, and president of SEOPR. Greg is a master of video marketing and content marketing practices, teaching those to some of the largest brands in the world. I'm your host, Michael Stebbins, and today we'll be discussing content marketing strategies for video sharing channels, part two. Greg, welcome back to the OMCP Best Practices Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us again. Well, Michael, thank you for having me back. Does that mean I passed the audition? You passed the audition, and we are having follow-ups, callbacks occur in a few weeks, but uh, I have a funny feeling you'll make it. Yay! (laughs) Greg, as I mentioned in our last podcast, you and I have worked together for over a decade. We've Taught together a few times. I have some fun memories of that. I've seen you at the podium at the industry conferences for years. In the second session, we're going to get down to the best practices for video sharing, specifically on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. But just as a matter of introduction, Greg, there are some who haven't read your books. There are some who haven't attended your classes or heard you speak. Just take a moment, tell our audience, who are you and what it is that you do? Well, um... As, as you sort of noted in my thumbnail bio, I have a checkered background. I've done a lot of things. Among the things that I've done is written a couple of books, uh, YouTube and Video Marketing. First edition came out in 2009, second edition 2011. I um, also blog for a couple of sites. One of them is called Tubular Insights. It used to be known as Real SEO, but they uh, changed their name uh, about a year ago. And the other place I blog for is called The Sem Post, S-E-M, as for search engine marketing. And I write in both of those places uh, about uh, video. And part of the reason why I blog once or twice a week, uh, and I haven't written a new version of my book since 2011, is things change too rapidly. And I would strongly urge people not to buy my 2011 book because it is woefully out of date. Uh, things just uh, happen too quickly in this industry. And part of the subject that we're going to be tackling today, frankly, hasn't been tackled before. And I love that you're willing to update through podcasts. Folks can follow you on Twitter at which address, Greg? Um, it, it, at Greg Charbo. So G-R-E-G-J-A-R-B-O-E. Yep. And I love your updates as well on Facebook. We can learn quite a bit about influencer marketing through your recent updates. I love some of the stats you've put on. But today, I know that we're covering strategy and best practices for content and video marketing. Since you're considered an authority on the process, let's start by looking 
at Best Practices for Video on Facebook. And Greg, if you want to preface and remind us that the strategies and best practices are different per channel, I'm open to that too. So well, over to you. Yeah, this is part two. Part one, we looked uh, specifically at YouTube and uh, it is the right place to start. But if uh, YouTube is the right place to start, uh, these days there's a lot of other places that you ought to look at, second, third, fourth, and fifth, etc. One of them obviously is Facebook. Facebook made a serious effort to get into video uh, a couple of years ago and uh, now is um, doing a lot rapidly. And if you aren't uh, uploading video natively, to Facebook, um, you're missing a real significant opportunity. Um, and uh, the other thing that you need to do is understand that unlike YouTube, where an audience can uh, hear about uh, your video and then go search for it later, um, YouTube searches is, is just not a way people really discover videos. So your shelf life in uh, Facebook is going to be a lot shorter. We see that the average video in uh, Facebook, for example, uh, peaks in about 24 hours. Um, and compared to, let's say, YouTube, um, it peaks uh, over basically the first three days. So, so again, you know, um, Get your running shoes on because uh, Facebook works at a whole different pace. Now, what are some of the best practices in terms of, and we're not talking Facebook Live just yet. We're going to get to that. Yep. What are some of the best practices in using Facebook in terms of uploading our videos? Well, uh, some are classics. So, for example, if you're going to upload uh, video content directly to Facebook, um, make sure that the first frame uh, actually looks good because most people are going to see your video uh, and not hear it. The audio is not turned on until uh, a user um, basically decides to turn the, the video on. So, so uh, again, your uh, imagery and sometimes your subtitles or titles are crucial to basically let people know that this is a video worth watching. And then, of course, you, you want to make it uh, interesting um, and, and, and worth watching. And at least currently, the video on Facebook can probably be a little shorter than the video on YouTube. We find that about 90 seconds is the right sweet spot on Facebook. And again, that number is subject to change, um, but that, that seems to be uh, right at this point. And then you can engage your viewers by adding uh, calls to action in Facebook. So uh, that's worth thinking about. You can tag other pages uh, in your video posts on Facebook. So do that. And uh, last but not least, Facebook gives you something called video insights. So you get some, some data on the people who've watched your video, particularly whether they watch 25%, 50%, 75%, 100%, etc. Uh, and that's worth watching because it can teach you what worked, what didn't, so that your next video can be better. Greg, before we jump on to Facebook Live, um, when you say uh, a call to action, are you talking about in the body of the text of the post? Are you talking about in the video both? What are some examples? Well, it, it, you can actually do it both ways. So in, in some respects, you know, if you have somebody speaking, 
Yes, the person on camera can tell you, here's what I want you to do next. But you can also uh, put that call to action uh, uh, in the um, post that that video is going to be uh, embedded in so that people, if, if you want them just to uh, share it, uh, that's fine. But if you uh, actually want them to, let's say, visit your website, uh, Facebook video uh, can allow you to put that kind of link uh, uh, so that you can drive traffic to your website if that's your goal and objective. Right on. All right. Facebook Live. Ah, now, last summer, Facebook realized that they had a strategic opportunity. And although there has been a version of YouTube uh, Live around for almost six years now, um, it was uh, an industrial strength um, uh, live capability, and you might use it if you were going to have the royal wedding, for example, but it wasn't something that was easy to use casually. So Facebook saw this as an opportunity, jumped on it um, with both feet, uh, and has been making a huge push to encourage people to just broadcast live. In fact, uh, I've even seen television commercials um, where Facebook is uh, is promoting live. So they are going all out to, to try to capture the space. Now, they rolled it out strategically by using celebrities first, which was smart because unlike you or me, celebrities have a built-in audience that want to see everything they do, you know, um, from having breakfast to... Um, you know, visiting their friends. Um, but if most of us who are going to use this for marketing purposes uh, don't have that kind of built-in celebrity advantage, then the one strategic thing you've got to do right up front to make Facebook Live work for you is let people know ahead of time that you're going to have a broadcast. You need to build an audience. That has to be a, a serious component of your plan. And um, you also need to make sure that you have a strong signal before you go live. Um, uh, that uh, has bitten some uh, pretty interesting people over the years um, uh, when the signal faded out and they had to fall back to uh, some other alternative. You want to write a compelling description to let, again, people know why it is that they might want to take time in their schedule to come watch your video. And while you are broadcasting live, it's okay to uh, ask your video uh, viewers to follow you so that they'll receive notifications the next time you go live. In other words, you want to begin building in uh, that audience. You can also engage them in a variety of ways, including uh, when they uh, comment uh, during a live broadcast, uh, respond to selected comments. Uh, by name. In other words, you don't have to respond to everything, but uh, pick a couple out and that'll keep everybody excited and interested. And it means that you can avoid the trolls. And last but not least, and this is this is a sort of a surprise, um, particularly after I, I mentioned that 90 seconds is about the right time for a pre-produced video on uh, Facebook. Uh, with live, you want to go longer. You might want to go as much as uh, 10 minutes. And why is that? Because after you've gone live, people will tell their friends, hey, come check this out. You know, And if uh, you're only broadcasting live for a short period of time, you don't get that uh, extra audience joining in. 
Love it. And that's a great medium right now. I love the idea of letting people know ahead of time about how much time do we give people, a few hours, a few days, or both? Oh, it depends on your audience. So uh, we, we tend to be uh, neurotic about this and, and do both. We, we, we let them know a couple of days in advance, and then we remind them the morning of. So, um, you know, it's, it's like anything. People... Um, don't have uh, schedules that uh, they can uh, put in their calendar uh, a week in advance. So you gotta you gotta prompt them and remind them, and uh, and then hope that uh, something extraordinary doesn't happen that morning, like it always happens that morning. Greg, as we're seeing some shifts right now in short video formats, uh, you know, between the changes in Vine some of the the migration to Snapchat, some of the usage of Instagram growing as they address that. What are some best practices that we can employ for the short video format? Well, uh, the, the first thing to understand is that Vine is dead. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, it's gone. They, they announced that there was going to be some kind of life support system, but the life support system is really only for archiving purposes. Everyone's given up on Vine. Vine's gone. It's over. Mm-hmm. And that little six-minute format or six-second looping format that they created uh, seems to have pretty much gone along with it. I've seen Instagram videos use looping. Um, I, I just saw a Super Bowl uh, commercial from uh, Mr. Clean, uh, which has been looped on Facebook. So in some cases, the the looping capability has been picked up. But the six-second format is uh, dead as a doormat, uh, doornail, door, whatever the metaphor is, it's gone. <laughs> Rest in peace yeah. with you. <laughs> so, um, so it was an interesting experiment. If you want to create short videos, create short videos, but create them wherever you want to. Is there something magic about a six-second format? Turns out, not really. Okay, fair enough. I like that. Uh, if we're talking about Twitter picking some of this up, let's go over some of the best practices for putting videos up on Twitter. What have you seen? What do we do? Well, uh, Twitter, interestingly enough, has two uh, horses that it's trying to ride in in this race. And um, it's unclear how smart a strategy that is, but one of them is Periscope. And it's uh, it was there before Facebook Live, but I think Facebook Live came on strong because they figured if the only thing standing between us and fame and fortune is uh, is Twitter, we can push those guys uh, uh, over. Uh, so a lot of the best practices for Periscope are very, very similar uh, to the ones that I outlined for Facebook Live. But it turns out uh, Twitter has also uh, adopted uh, a native uh, video option. You can upload videos to Twitter directly. Uh, they can only be 140 seconds long. Why? Uh, because they have 140 character limits, so they arbitrarily created a 140 second limit. Well, that's longer than the six second Vine capability, but it's still fairly short. Um, and it turns out um, uh, it forces you to think about uh, what it is that's uh, going to be important. And I would say one of the surprises that I've seen is that uh, a number of people who we thought once Vine was dead were going to give up and move on to some other platform, the quote other platform many of them have moved on to is Twitter. 
So, um, you know, check it out if you haven't uh, haven't tried it. Uh, t- Twitter's not dead yet. Um, and pay no attention to their quarterly earnings because those could be temporary. They've signed some deals with the um, Major League Baseball and NFL. And, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's a space to watch and experiment in. So it, it ought to be on your list right after YouTube and Facebook. Okay. And then any specifics for the videos themselves or the process that are specific to the Twitter users? Sure. Um, one of the things that uh, you're going to want to uh, pay attention to is um, because of the uh, format limitations, um, you're, you're going to uh, want to think about uh, telling your story in a succinct way. Um, and uh, the other thing that you uh, need to do um, is uh, uh, recognize that hashtags play a much more important role uh, on Twitter than they do in other places in terms of having people find your content. Uh, so you uh, need to uh, pay attention about using those either in your title or uh, in your description. And then um, uh, think about this for a second. Uh, 90% of Twitter users are going to watch Twitter on a smartphone. In other words, Twitter is not really a desktop. You can access it from your desktop, but that's not normally how people use it. And if they're watching their Twitter video from a smartphone, then you may want to borrow a few lessons from uh, the folks at Snapchat and make sure that your video is shot vertically because more of the image is going to show up uh, in your smartphone. If you shoot horizontally uh, in what is called landscape mode, um, um, then uh, the video sort of shrinks down to fit on the smartphone screen. And boy, you had better have something be really clear what's going on uh, when when you basically are going to play it in that kind of format. And um, the, the smart way around that kind of limitation is to shoot the video vertically in the first place. Okay, excellent. All right, last on our list is creating video snaps and stories for Snapchat. What are some of the best practices we need to know? Yeah, a lot of people freak out about Snapchat because, my God, isn't going to disappear in 24 hours uh, if it's a Snapchat story? Uh, and the answer is, um, yeah. How, how fast do you think things disappear when you watch them on television? I mean, when they've played, they're over. You know, you can't roll back, well, unless you're uh, using uh, digital to, to record your commercials. But, but let's put it this way. You know, don't get hung up on the fact that uh, Snapchat is ephemeral. Uh, you still have a chance to communicate. Uh, you may be communicating in a narrow window, but that's okay. Just stay focused. You're, you're going to be talking about something that is yesterday's news tomorrow, but that's all right. So uh, make sure that your snaps are brief. And by brief, one to two minutes long is about right. Um, Uh, Make sure that when you uh, have a new video, you also include a snap, uh, a photo, um, uh, when you have a new story so that uh, people who are are looking at one can find the other. 
when you are um, doing your video uh, for Snapchat, talk directly into the camera. Uh, that's 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 the format. That's what it's about. It's it's not here. Let me show you the scenario that I'm. It's it's talk to it. People want to see your face. Uh, again, as as I mentioned uh, with uh, Twitter, you're going to want to embrace the vertical format. Um, you know, it's uh, called portrait mode or it's called vertical video, whatever. Um, Snapchat has done a lot of research on this and it just works a whole lot better if that's the way you shoot the video. You want to be very clear if you include some text uh, with your video that you need to have contrast. So that means you're going to have to have dark if you've got uh, a white background or you're going to have to have a light text if you've got a dark background. But make it as, uh, you know, um, dramatically different as possible. Um, it helps if you use natural light. And if that natural light can come in from the side as opposed to into your eyes or over, mm -hmm. over your shoulder. Um, you might want to prepare an editorial calendar, even if you are shooting your snaps daily. Um, you certainly want to plan maybe the week in advance and you may uh, be able to, uh, you know, come up with some stories that just have legs. Uh, I've seen some really effective things where people go to uh, big trade shows like CES and, um, you know, uh, here's day one at the show, here's day two at the show, here's day three at the show, and oh my god, day four. Okay, let's wrap up and, <laughs> and conclude. But but nevertheless, you know, um, uh, that's, that's planning in advance. You want to be responsive, obviously, to people, but it, it turns out that Snapchat works really well with influencers. So think about those people in your audience who have audiences of their own, and last but not least, it's way too early to say that you can lock up all of these rules and, you know, engrave them in stone. Experiment, experiment, experiment. You know, it's Snap, Snapchat is still relatively new, and I don't think all the success formulas have been invented yet. Greg, when you say be responsive to influencers, what does that look like? Does that mean I how do I do that? Well, it, it, it is uh, market dependent. So if I'm uh, dealing with uh, a higher education audience, I'm going to have a whole different set of influencers than if I'm going after uh, a high-tech audience that loves gizmos, okay? Different influencers for different categories, but it turns out, know who they are. If, um, uh, oh, let's just pick somebody we know, Matt Bailey, okay? If, if we know Matt, <laughs> we know Matt. Okay. If, if Matt turns up and, um, uh, makes a funny face, recognize that Matt has a huge audience and he's worth, uh, shouting out to and inviting to do, uh, some kind of collaborative effort together. Um, you know, um, Matt's not just your, uh, r random person who sort of walked across the set. So, uh, understand that and realize that uh, particularly in social media um, uh, if you uh, know who those influencers are in advance you can leverage that to your advantage okay and i know that works for twitter as well because oh greg these have been really good practices for us and uh, many of them will be on the exams for omcp candidates any final guidelines that apply to most or all of these channels 
Yes, and it comes from a very strange place. Uh, my wife and I went to southern France last fall, and we went to uh, Arles, which is uh, once upon a time was the provincial capital of Gaul during the Roman Empire. And you're going to say, excuse me, what does this have to do with video? Well, here's what I saw in Arles. They had a, you know, a, a, a chariot circus, you know, where the chariot races were held. Mm -hmm. Right. They had a theater. You know, and so, okay, fine, people watch plays back then. And they also had an amphitheater, in addition to those other two, where they could watch gladiatorial games, okay? And what struck me is, here we are, 2,000 years ago, and this little provincial capital of Rome didn't have one, didn't have two. It had three different places for three different ways that the audience at that time could be entertained. So my last lesson to all of you is this. Don't try to pick winners. Don't assume that I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket because I have a hunch that that's going to be the one that survives. What you really need to do is understand that they can all last simultaneously as they did in Arl for 500 years, packing in audiences. And so learn that, yeah, I got to do things different ways in different places in order to be successful, but learn those ways. Um, you're going to have to master uh, multiple video formats uh, for your career to take off. It's the famous uh, Indiana Jones scene during the sword fight where he just decides that channel's not working. <laughs> or, or uh, he heaven forbid, the, the, the funders of the organization pull the plug on it like they did on Vine. You don't, you, you don't want to be the only uh, you know, person on your block who, I used to be a Vine star. It's like, you know, yeah, great. What are you doing for work now? right channel for the right message. I love it. Okay, well, that's all the time we have today. And a big thank you to you, Greg Jarbo. Check out Greg's writing at Real SEO. Uh, click Z, the SEM post, and Momentology. Greg, what's the new name for Real SEO? Um, it is Tubular Insights. Tubular Insights, that's right. And be sure not to pick up Greg's book, YouTube Marketing old, Video. Old, 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 <laughs> out of date. <laughs> It's changed too quickly. So in order to make up for that, make sure and attend uh, Greg's talks. Follow him on uh, Twitter at Greg Darbo. And uh, you can also reach out to SEOPR and have Greg's team assess your practices in video content and influencer marketing. And I know that many organizations, including some that I was uh, involved in the past, have benefited from uh, Greg and his team's input. I'm your host, Michael Stebbins, and you've been listening to the OMCP Online Marketing Best Practices Podcast. OMCP maintains these certification standards for the online marketing industry in cooperation with industry leaders just like Greg. Join us inside of OMCP to make and maintain your certification, get special offers. Join us and other certified professionals and universities and training programs that value OMCP standards. Network with other certified professionals or trainers while helping OMCP maintain an excellent standard. Membership is only $40 each year, so we'll see you inside of OMCP as a certified professional, where we'll be learning and improving our professional careers and teams together. 